0: Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Binge Buster Show on this special edition. Um, as uh, as you all are well aware now, um, we just heard of the passing of the great um, scott hall so tonight my co-host chris and i are going to be talking about the career of the bad guy scott hall and without any further ado i bring on my co-host i'm talking about rock and roll playboy chris plano chris welcome to the show
0: hey terrific tony uh thank you for having me on start my tone is a dial or two down I know it's not been the greatest days in professional wrestling overall and a lot's going on today but thank you for having me on we have a lot to talk about in tribute to Scott Hall the bad guy Razor Ramon whatever however you want to call him uh, tonight and I really appreciate you being letting me be a part of the program. Yes sir I uh,
1: you know as soon as I heard the news I shot you the text and you're like, man, we we, we got to record. And I'm like, yeah, I mm-hmm. agree with you. We do, um, you know, like, what do you say about Scott Hall that hasn't already been said? I mean this this guy is a he was a legend, um, of of them all. I mean, uh, definitely a trendsetter. And had it not been, I mean, I know Hogan was part of the NWO and Kevin Nash and all those, but let's be honest, man, Scott Hall is the person that really kick-started the nwo angle and got it to where it went and but not only that man he he like set the tone of the the monday night wars because he was like the first wwf at the time guy to jump ship and come to wcw yeah. uh and no one knew it was coming. It was just a, a great, uh, a perfect surprise, and uh, it really kicked off those Monday Night Wars.
0: It really did, Tony. And you know, it was to a it, it was at a level where when Scott Hall walked out, they didn't even need to say his name. They knew the face. Yeah, if you're a wrestling fan, you didn't need to say who it was. Yeah, Yeah, there's they, an invasion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it woke up. And I'm going to the WCW um, and it woke up the four horsemen. It woke up sting. It woke up everybody that there's an invasion taking place from the WWF. And when he came walking down, I mean, the fans were going absolutely ballistic that this is something special that is happening and that we don't see every week on <laughs> on national television. I don't know if we even see it ever again.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I I agree with you. I, I don't think we'll ever see those days again of the invasion angles. Um, that was a special time uh, to be a wrestling fan, and uh, and Chris, I know during that time, you and I were not only wrestling fans, but man, we were wrestling promoters and wrestlers, and mm-hmm. we we were right in the trenches, and we were kind of living off of we're, we're, like like uh, some of that notoriety that that the Monday Night Wars had. It was really helping boost our business, um, right? You know, at that time oh, as well. Yeah. So uh, everybody that was involved in wrestling during that time definitely benefited from Scott Hall's initial, um, you know, appearance uh, or yeah. quote, quote run in uh, invasion of uh, WCW. Uh, a great time, and of course, we'll uh, we'll get more into that as we get into this podcast. But uh, some of the younger fans out there that might be listening to the show that may not know, uh, you know, the only thing they know about Scott Hall may be the Razor Ramon or the Scott Hall NWO character. But the Scott Hall character or the man, the wrestler, um, actually started. He um, began his wrestling career in 1984 uh, before rising to prominence after signing with the WWF in 1992. Uh, under the name of Razor Ramon, but before that, in 1984, um, when he started wrestling, uh, you know he's he, he he wrestled. I mean, everywhere that were, there was to go, uh, Scott Hall was there. Um, I remember uh, the first time I ever saw him, Chris, was probably um, 84 uh, when he came to work for Jim Crockett Promotions uh, in the Crockett Territory. Um, and during that time, he and Dan Spivey uh, had trained together in Florida, uh, mainly under Dusty Rhodes and Mike Rotunda and Barry Windham, uh, as they helped groom the you know groom these two to be a tag team. Uh, and then Dusty sent them uh, sent Scott Hall and Dan Spivey up to or, or down to however you want to say it, where wherever you're at, to Charlotte. Uh, under the Jim Crockett promotions, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, and this is the first time that I ever saw Scott Hall, and his name was not Scott Hall. His name was, um, there was a tag team, uh, Dan Spivey and uh, Scott Hall were a tag team known as the American Starship, and uh, mm-hmm. and of course, Scott Hall's name was Starship Coyote, and Dan Spivey was Starship Eagle, and, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, they, they had a little run there in um, in Crockett territory uh, and then they um, you know got sent up to uh, Bob Geigle's uh, Central States territory in Kansas City in 1985 and then that's right. that's you know right there they, they you know they had a good little run uh, but shortly after that Scott Hall left um, the Crockett promotions and NWA and went to the AWA and he was there from 1985 to 1989 right and uh, there he he had a couple of different names uh, he was known as magnum Scott Hall and then later as big Scott Hall uh, and he was a, a babyface and he and um, uh, the Ganyas teamed up together and then mm-hmm. also he and Kurt Henning were a tag team for a while uh, he had you know he was very successful there in the AWA Um Then he, of course, he left the AWA in '89, went to uh, back to Crockett, but at this time, you know, it was no longer Crockett Promotions; it was now becoming World Championship Wrestling. Um, He came in there again as Scott Hall. um, Saw him, you know, perform uh, several, you know, basically preliminary matches. Um, He he was involved in the Great American Bash uh two ring battle royal king of the hill i think is what they called that um he was actually involved in that but really didn't do much there in 89 um and then um in 1990 uh he had a tryout uh with the wwf and then uh, that didn't go over too well at the time so he went to new japan uh he was in new japan pro wrestling in 1990 um and then uh, wrestled under a couple other territories but then Chris uh 1991 92 he comes back to WCW mm-hmm. with a whole new a whole new image uh, a whole yep. new name the diamond stud. Um, that gimmick was okay. It didn't really go too far for him but then 1992 Chris. And, uh, and I know that, that you'll be able to shed a whole lot of light on this because you actually right. was able to, um, to, to um, go see him as uh, probably one of his most famous characters, Razor Ramon, the bad guy. Uh, he joined the WWF um, as Razor Ramon, a shady, stylish Cuban-American bully from Miami. Uh, and the character was kind of modeled after uh, Tony Montana. And Manny Rivera from the 1983 movie Scarface, uh, uh, Razor Ramon's nickname the Bad Guy and catchphrases "Say hello to the Bad Guy" uh, basically Mm -hmm. came from uh, it was quotes from the movie um, there of Scarface. So great uh, a great gimmick uh, really got over. Started he came in as a as a heel, uh, but then uh, that that character was over, and and Scott was such a good performer. That it wasn't very long that uh, he become a, a big time babyface. But before we get into that, Chris, let's let's talk about uh, your experience of seeing Razor Ramon live uh, at a
0: WWE event. I I, I mean Tony, it was uh, the perfect time for me. I was in college. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm dating myself on the show here uh, a little bit, but yes, in in 1992, uh, Razor Ramon did several. Um, um, cameo interviews leading up to his debut back. What was then the world wrestling federation, the WWF and in Worcester, Massachusetts where I was going to college in Providence, Rhode Island at that time, about 45 minutes North. They did a classic Tuesday night taping. That's how they did it back in the day on Tuesday nights in the WWF for people that are way, way you I'm going free social media. I'm going free everything here. Um, the WWF would film for four to five hours on a Tuesday night around 6.30, they would start, and they would film the whole upcoming month, what was going to happen, you know, take place on television for people to see. And that particular evening in the Worcester Centrum, I saw Razor Ramon wrestle at least three times, maybe four. Tony, we're going back. <laughs> So long ago, I know he definitely wrestled three times. I think he did four times all each hour, and it was against jobbers. They were, they were two- to three-minute matches to put him over to keep building the storyline to whoever his first real star he would be against. But when he walked the aisle, it, it was impressive. I mean, big, strong. I mean, and he just captivated the crowd and that's how Vince McMahon did things back in the day of how to promote his current talent and future talent was really back then was Saturday morning and Saturday evening and even sometimes Sunday one hour tapings versus what we see today on what Monday and Friday night now from WWE was very, very different back then. Um, And I want to say Razor Ramon also, yes, definitely the Scarface angle um, with Al Pacino and and all that stuff. But I also thought it had a little, and Tony, I might be off script here a little bit. I think it also back then had a little Miami Vice kind of angle to it as well. Because Miami Vice was hot back then. It was, they actually, when they brought Razor Ramon in, it was kind of like the end of Miami Vice in mm-hmm. all their weekly episodes, but it was kind of like a little curtailed there. It kind of reminded me of a lot of that with the flamingos and the music and everything. So it, 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 but back then it worked, right? It totally did. But one, one of the
1: cool things about that era, I mean, we're talking 92, 93, um, and Chris, even not in wrestling, but outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember I was in high school during this time. Um, right. And, uh, but, the bright neon colors were really happening. Like, yeah. like everybody was, was wearing like the neon blues and the pinks and the yellows. The green. Uh, yeah. greens, yes. So, um, so it was a great time. And then of course, razor uh, or Scott, um, he, you know, he, he, he followed through with those colors. Um, you know, he, he had multiple color razor, razor Ramon tights or trunks uh, with these big knee pads and tall boots, and and they were all like bright colors. Uh, although he he did go into black uh, a few times, but um, but I know a lot of times he would he'd wear pink trunks with the razors on the knee pads, um, blue, purple. I mean, you know, he had he had all the colors, and and it really popped. Uh, but another thing I liked was the idea of how he how he would come down to the ring wearing the gold chains and the little vest opened up. Uh, and, and and then whenever he would get to the ring, he would take off the gold chains, give it to like the, you know, the, um, the uh, ring attendant. And he would say in his, you know, his, uh, his, his, his accent, he would say something like, uh, you know, uh, if something happens to this, something's going to happen to you. And then he would flick his toothpick, hit him in the face uh, and just, you know, real cocky, uh, GQ smooth kind of guy, you know, um, but it was a great gimmick. I, I mean, from the moment I saw Razor Ramon, I was like, oh, that's a diamond stud. Uh, but at right. the time I didn't realize that it was Scott Hall because, you know, Scott Hall was, he had the big, you know, the big, like, uh, Tom Sillick mustache, uh, the light mm-hmm. colored, the light colored hair. And he greased back. Yeah. Um, but then when he became Razor Ramon it was like his hair was jet yeah. black had this disgusting yeah, beard right. and and I didn't realize it was the same guy until years later you know and uh but uh right but it was a great gimmick and uh I mean straight off straight out the gate as <laughs> he came on TV um he got put into uh uh he got put right into um an angle with uh Randy Savage and uh right and of course he uh helped uh Flair win the world title from Randy Savage at, at one point. Um and then uh you know so so I mean how how much better can you get when you're uh coming into the WWF and you're already in right. an angle with two of the most popular wrestlers at the time, Randy Savage and Rick Flair. I mean, it don't get much better than that.
0: No, no. I mean, he came at a great time. It was all right, we'll use the word. It was a character that the WWF never seen before, coming from Miami, Florida, Cuba territory, however you wanted to look at it as a fan. But you're platooned, really, in essence, into a semi main or main event angle, and it was built up that way. Right. It was yeah. completely built up that way. And, and, to people back then, and I, I know Tony, I know our listeners now are uh, might have a little difficulty following what I'm saying. But still, Tony, back then, I was still running to the magazine stores to get the monthly magazines and and trying to figure out what's going on. Where today, with social media and wrestling on almost every night of the week, you know, you know what's going on constantly. Back then. I mean, you were still trying to figure out, you know what I'm saying, Tony? You had to literally tune in week to week to follow the storyline, and then it would come to your local town or city, yep. and you had to be there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, because it's going to be on. Right, and, you know, and, if, it, so and if you, that, there, you were not there, you're going to We're talking miss it. two totally different angles here, yeah. I mean, animals. Right, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh it it was a it was a whole different time uh to right. be a wrestler. And see, that that's a concept that you know more about than I do because um I had never attended a WWF show until right. the until the late 90s when it was, you know, the Monday Night Wars were were wide open. Um and the the Attitude Era was 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 you know, was wide open too. Um, with DX and so, Stone Cold well, and all those guys, so I never, I, I missed out on the Razor Ramon and the Bret Hart and the Hulk Hogan. Uh, I never got to see any of that live. So,
0: um, so the luxury, if I could expand a little bit, Tony here, and not not this has nothing to do with Razor Ramon, but I had the luxury, and Vince McMahon was notorious back in the day he would always do his TV tapings local to Stanford, Connecticut, obviously travel hotel, the guys. So Vince would do his TV tapings in Pennsylvania, new Haven, Connecticut. He would do, um, uh, Worcester met close to Stanford where he had everyone. You know what I'm saying? They were in new England. So literally like I could walk out of the Worcester centrum And if I sat there and paid attention for four to five hours, and some people did, I would in sense know what's going to happen on television in the WWF for the next four or five weeks. Oh, wow. Because think about it. If you followed it and you kind of pay, all right, this is what he's going to put on television. And Vince was a master at this. I remember the opening match that night when Razor Moan debuted. It was, um. they had Adrian Adonis uh, took on Piper or someone. It was a brawl, and it got everyone in the seats. Yeah. To start, they would say the opening match is this. It was a big match. And then it would get everyone, then they did the TV tapings, and you saw everyone, and then it would always be Hogan or Savage in the main event, like in a, in a dark, big, dark match, which back then people, you know, but that's how he did it. And in essence, I knew what was going to happen on TV before it. And I was like, Oh wow. I was there at the centrum. They're showing it. Cause I was there two weeks ago yeah, or three weeks ago. So you kind of got a preview of what was, to come right yeah and it was nice it was like a sneak preview yeah yeah and you were there live and and and, and, and you know,
1: still talking about his wwf run mm-hmm. uh may 17th on the may 17th episode of monday night raw uh razor did did two things he uh suffered a loss but he also elevated sean waltman or at the time known as the one right. two three kid yeah X-Bot. uh you know he he lost to him and then man that that little feud took off uh and then yeah. of course you know he had great matches with a lot of people but uh let's let let's you know before we get to the WCW days let's let's definitely not forget uh the time uh you know the very first you know I, I know our good friends the Hardy boys uh they they pretty much put you know ladder matches you know right. on, on the map but let's rewind right. it a few years. Razor Ramon mm-hmm. and Shawn Michaels went out there and yeah. tore it down at you know at the WrestleMania. The ladder match to you know, Shawn came in with his version of the Intercontinental Title. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon was was the current Intercontinental Champion. So they put both belts up on the ladder and they and they went on and of course Scott Hall, uh, you know, was victorious in that one. And I do I remember watching that match going my gosh what else are they gonna do with that with that ladder I mean they were they were they were doing stuff that I, I couldn't even imagine uh doing right. and uh it, it was it was just amazing so uh definitely they were way way above uh, ahead of their time uh dur- during that and and Scott Hall always seems like he was always way ahead of his time um and to me uh and I know Rick Flair is like considered a cool bad guy uh, but I'm telling you, man, when, when, when Scott Hall came to the W to WCW doing the NWO angle, uh, man, he was yep. the coolest. I thought he was the coolest bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And at the time I was a big Scott Hall market. If you go on my Facebook page and look, I actually, Chris, I had a pair of tight, a pair of trunks made just yep. like Scott Hall with the, with the, with the black, with the red blood drops and everything. And, um, and, uh but then of course uh, and, and I yeah. lo- I liked it I only only wore it a couple of times but because uh, I didn't want people well, mm-hmm. he's a he's a Scott Hall mark which I which I was a Scott Hall mark I still am uh, I I, I love the way uh he worked in the ring and I loved his uh his his promos and how he would do the survey I mean Scott Hall right. was I mean he was he was a tremendous tremendous uh you know talent
0: I mean yeah yeah No, you absolutely, if I could take 20 seconds here, Tony. Yes, please. I think when Scott Hall made his appearance in WCW, and you and I are wrestling fans, I think first and foremost. Yeah. People were looking for some change. People were looking for something different at that time. Whatever the angles were, it didn't matter. And then... It was like when you saw him coming down, and I can remember it. Oh, yeah. He was coming down the steps. And people were like, wait a minute. That's the guy from Vince McMahon's WWF promotion. I don't even need to know his name. And you had Eric Bischoff and the other announcers playing this up. This is an invasion. What's happening here? And people gravitated. And it was like, what is going on? Something is happening here that I have to watch this and I may have to turn from the WWE. Something is happening here and I got to be a part of this. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where this is going to go, but I got to be a part of this. And when he got in the ring, and said, "What's up? Hey, yo! Whatever he did, they knew where he was. There was something special happening. Yeah, and I just don't know if you see that today. I think they try to attempt it. Yeah, no, it just doesn't have that. You know the impact.
1: Listen, uh, and I, I, <laughs>
0: I may, I, I may get a lot of heat
1: for what I'm about to mm-hmm. say, but it's just it's mm-hmm. the truth. This is, I mean, it's how I feel. Right. But if you go." Okay, that that era of wrestling where the characters right. were over and they could mm-hmm. talk and they could work that ended. That era ended when Vince McMahon bought WCW. Right, uh, and, and and really it ended before that. Um, uh, but the 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 style and the the over, uh, if, if I can say the word overness. Um, but at the time when I'd say from eighty six to ninety six is probably ninety eight. Let, let me let me go back. Eighty six to ninety eight are is is a decade, uh, a, a little over a decade of wrestling that we will never see again. Um, and I heard Stone Cold and the Undertaker both say this: uh, the the era of a superstar wrestler like. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan those those, those type of guys um never it's gone and, and it's never going to come back just because there's there, there there's just it, it, that was just an era that is gone and and and, and, and like I said it, it'll never come back. Um, now the guys and girls today on TV they're doing fantastic jobs at what they do. But I just think the whole element, you know, because back in the, because now you know somebody can get on get online, pull it up, and go, okay, what's happening? Who's who's coming? You know who 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 who's leaving AEW going to WWE? Who's leaving WWE going? So we, we all know that, but in the nineties we didn't know that, um, right? So I I think that that hurts it a little bit as well, um, as far as. Um, you know, the element of surprise is is kind of non-existent at this point.
0: I mean, Tony, I think it boils down to this. I mean, <sighs> the talent today is not like the talent from the early, the mid-90s until the late 90s. It's just, it. it they listen, do they put butts in the seats? Yes, they do. Well, I'm not going to deny they don't. And we got you know you got AEW now and you got WWE, but listen, are they selling out? You know the Silver Dome at ninety two thousand people. Tony, you were in uh, putting. I mean, they could put butts in seats, but they can't. There, it's just not that national attraction like it once. It is still, but it's not on that level. Right. Yeah. Is of what it once was. Yeah, it's definitely not on that
1: level. Uh the promos are not where they were in in 97, 96. Um, but let's and so so yeah. talking about that. Let's let's get into that, okay? 1996 through 1998, uh Scott Hall came mm-hmm. back to WCW. Um, he uh, you know, uh he he left the WWF and uh you know, came to WCW. Um, he made his first appearance on WCW television just just uh, days, it seemed like, um, after leaving um, WWF. Uh, so actually, it was I, I think he left his last appearance on uh, on WWF was on May the twenty seventh. Um, I'm sorry, the week, uh, it was the week before that. So May the twenty seventh was when he made his first appearance. Scott Hall made his first appearance on WCW television, coming out on TV saying, mm-hmm. you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And, that, and those were like very uh, – I mean, when, when you saw that and how he interrupted a match that was about to take place, um, it mm-hmm. seemed really real and really off the – it wasn't your everyday wrestling angle. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't come into the ring and start beating. You know, he didn't do that. He got in the ring and got, he right. got the microphone, and even Tony right. Schiavone and them sold it. Like, well, wait a minute, what what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then as the weeks progressed, you know, he talked about I'm I'm bringing somebody else. I'm bringing somebody else. And then he right. brings Kevin Nash, and it's like, oh yeah. wow, you know. And everyone
0: knew who he was. They'd have to say his name.
1: They to, knew the face. They they knew who they were. And uh, and didn't during, matter. It <clears throat> didn't matter at all. And then uh, and then of course at the bash of the beach is when uh, Hogan came out and he became the third man, which only made it made sense for Hogan to be the third man, seeing as how Hogan's the one. You know they were they were trying to portray. That the WWF guys were invading the WCW, so it only made right. sense for Hogan to be part of that. Um, well,
0: I also think, well, yeah, but I also think Hogan may have semi jumped on that. That this that was the new cool thing, right? In wrestling, yeah. I it was agree. like, oh wait, wait. I mean, because Hogan, I, you know, at that point. Tony and I don't I don't want to take away because we're talking about um, Scott Hall here right but I also think Hogan was in a little holding pattern at WCW at the time and they didn't know not didn't know what to do with him but was he fully accepted no because he was a WWF guy he was the world heavyweight champion
1: and the thing about WCW fans they they, a lot of were Crockett fans and mm-hmm. during the Crockett era, WWF, right. were, you know, they were like the cartoon characters, they were right. they, they were the fake stuff where Ric Flair, Dusty Rose, the Road Warriors, that that was real stuff right there. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why Hogan never was he never got over as quote Hulk Hogan. He had I the,
0: never felt he was fully accepted.
1: No, no, he you're right. I yeah. agree with you. No, he he never was. Uh so him right. turning heel. Uh, was the best thing for his career at the time, but not only was it the best thing for his career, but it was the best thing to really kick off that NWO uh, angle and and get it red hot, and it did get hot.
0: Um, but I think, oh they were throwing stuff in the ring. I mean oh. Bischoff knew if I'm good if well I think at that point Eric Bischoff said you know what. I'm gonna roll the dice here, and I'm bringing Hogan in. And if I if it's gonna go down in flames, I'm going down with the best in the business. Right, but and I, Mean Gene, Mean Gene made that interview.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and, and oh, Mean Gene, he I'm knew exactly you, what to say. Yeah,
1: and and if you fans go back and listen to some of our old older podcasts, yeah. uh, we actually play that, but. uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I think that the NWO angle would, would would have kept going strong had they not kept adding, you know, right people that 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 couldn't get over if they were if they were trying to climb a ladder. Um, but if if they, I kept... think
0: people may have thought this was going to be the next Four Horsemen or this was going to be the next right. That, invasion and, and then it got too crazy and then yeah. they tried to get sting and Flair, and the yeah. fake sting the real sting it was a mess it was kind it was, of all over the place yeah
1: it was but i feel like if they had left it like hogan hall nash uh maybe x pac um randy savage just the, the those few and left it at that I think the NWO, right, the top the, dogs. Yep, the NWO would, would would have been great, and and they probably could have got more out of it than they did. But they started adding everybody, even adding the referee to the NWO, and it just yeah. You know, I mean, to me, it was like I
0: mean, they added Elizabeth, which was fine, but then they oh, added, yeah you got like Scotty Riggs and Buff Bagwell and, yeah. and Benoit. You got all these, and I'm not saying those guys were great talents. They were great, great talents, but at the end they they were mid carters. Right. They
1: really were. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like... And, and of course, they added um, Hogan's nephew. What was his name? Boris Hogan or whatever. Yeah. But, it's like, what's going on?
0: And Mongo McMichael. I mean, what are they do? Yeah. I mean, oh, I don't know. Mongo, I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, yeah. but they just, they were doing a lot of things to try to... It was too listen, much. Tony, they were making... Well, at that time, they were making pay-per-view sales. And the big thing was... It really wasn't about the end of, It was the end, but they were making money over fist on the yeah, merchandise. They were on the hats and the T-shirts with the black and white. Listen, uh, I, and that's I, where it was
1: coming from. I am the first one to tell you. I had several NWO shirts. I thought NWO right. were frigging over. I loved it. Uh, as a matter of fact, you right. know, uh, after the bash at the beach, uh, there, um, the you know the, the you know follow uh, the next pay per view was, um, you know, they had Hog Wild. Uh, they had that in the summer, at the end of summer. But then in the fall, uh, you know, WCW always came back to the Carolinas, and they always right. had their fall brawl here in, uh, here in the Carolinas. And uh, you know, when I say here, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, they had fall brawl. And on that fall brawl, they had the war games. Uh, Hogan, or I'm sorry, the NWO, Hogan, Hall, Nash, um, and then they supposedly had Sting right taking right. on uh, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, who three of those guys were Horsemen at the time, you know, in the past.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And then they had Sting. Uh. But what you know, it was a crazy blow off. But you know, they they come out and um, make everybody think Sting turned heel, and they have a fake yep. Sting. Uh. But I think that angle kind of like um. Uh I know for me as a, as as a fan at the time um to me it was like the promotion was was making me feel like I was ignorant and stupid that I could tell when that guy came out that was not really sting so no. so if yeah, I, you're like yeah, you're so, so if if my right so if, if I'm in the crowd and I can tell you that I know that ain't sting then why would the, why in the world would they believe or or would, would they think that we we would believe that Hope that Sting and Luger and Flair and Iron uh, didn't realize it wasn't the real Sting. I mean, was, right, right, right. You know, it was a kind of. A, a, but I understand what, you know their plan. They were trying to, you know, give Sting a, a new look, an updated look, and a new gimmick. So, right, I, I understand that. But, but I also remember being there in Winston Salem on, you know, on the uh, mm-hmm. set, set, in ringside watching this show. Uh, as it unfolded, and I'm gonna tell you, Chris, um, even right now sitting here in my studio talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about how how much heat that that match drew. Um, yeah, man, I, it was on when when Scott Hall was out there and he was selling for Flair. uh, man, I tell you, Scott. It, in that match, in my opinion, the two that really went in there and worked their butt off in that match was Arn Anderson and Kevin Nash. I mean, I'm sorry, Arn Anderson and Scott Hall. Scott yeah. Hall bounced. He Arn's well, always going to work it.
0: So. Oh, I'm
1: telling you, they bounced all over that ring two or three mm-hmm. times, and, man, Scott Hall was just like – I mean, he was – feeding and bumping feeding and bumping feeding and bumping um, That's it and the
0: crowd reacted to
1: every they were, they, move they were going nuts Today
0: they just sit there Yeah
1: they were going nuts I mean it, it was it was uh you know it was uh it was, it was everything that 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 it was you know meant to be and then of course the next year they come back again uh to do another war games in the same town uh and of course this is the one where uh it's the full horseman against right. the NWO. Of course, Hogan wasn't there because he was making a movie. So the NWO right. to me it was like it was like the B version. Uh, Scott Hall wasn't even in the War Games because he was in a few. Oh. He was in a few with Larry Zbysko at the time. So he.
0: Uh, so a guy that was downgraded.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you know, so but uh, but also you know, it was still. I mean, I still enjoyed it, but it but to me. Uh, the best NWO War Games was the first one. Uh, it was just mm-hmm. it was just great. Yeah, uh, but but of course you know Kevin Nash and Scott Hall went on to become WCW Tag Team Champions multiple times. Uh, Scott Hall was also the United States Champion uh, as he defeated Roddy Piper uh, there at Super Brawl and become the United States Champion. Um, and then of course uh, WCW gets bought out in two thousand and. He and of course Scott Hall left for a little bit. He went back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He worked there for a little bit, and uh, even yep. made even made a couple appearances in uh, ECW. Uh, and then in two thousand, he did. He was in ECW a couple of times. He mm-hmm. came in. Uh, he came in and done just a little uh, little spot here and there with Scott Norton. Uh, and then of course in two thousand two, he. Came back to the WWF when the when Vince McMahon gave the WWF a dose of NWO poison, brought back Hogan, Hall, and Nash, uh, but uh, that didn't go too well because during that time uh, Scott Hall was uh, battling some demons, and uh, uh, you know it, it it just it it just didn't work out for him. Um, he left there and went to TNA and uh, finished up his wrestling career. Uh, there in TNA, uh, done a few appearances uh, for, for a couple other organizations, um, but then he came back to the WWE in 2014 uh, to do what he should have done a long time prior to that, which was get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame.
0: And and, he did do that. They made several appearances for
1: him Yes, leading up to it. Yep. And uh, so he came in, got inducted in the Hall of Fame as Scott Hall, and then of course got inducted again um, as the NWO. Um, So he's been inducted in the Hall of Fame twice under two different names, which is great. Which which is great. Uh, My opinion, he uh, should have been inducted in two or three times because he's just such a Hall. Scott Hall was such a uh, a great talent for the wrestling business and a great mind. I mean, he was. You know, a lot, a lot of that NWO stuff was stuff he came up with. Uh, he would he and he and Kevin Nash would pitch these ideas, and uh, and then they would go with it. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of um, of uh, Nitro, Chris, you may remember this. Mm-hmm. Remember when uh, every year in the summertime they would do the uh, they would they would take Nitro and down to. Uh, Spring Break, and then they would. Oh yeah, right? with
0: the palm trees and the yes, girls and the yes. bikinis. Yeah, oh yeah.
1: I love the one where he and Scott Hall or he and Kevin Nash. Um, oh came, Lord. They, they they came there in their Hawaiian shirts and they had the beer, uh-huh. uh, and it, it was like the, they were spring breakers. It was, it was it was funny. It was great. It was entertaining. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. But but like I said, getting back to the Hall of Fame, uh, he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, and um, that is when he uh said something during his Hall of Fame speech that I see I've seen tonight as I look over at Facebook a lot of people have reposted but he says yeah. uh bad times don't last but nope. bad guys do and uh Yeah they and, do. And he I, was I, a bad guy. And I'm telling you man uh, there'll be there'll, there'll never be another one like Scott Hall um and uh, Razor Ramon he had some great uh some great uh matches and he created a lot of great memories and he really uh, paved the way for a lot of a lot of wrestlers uh, and promoters uh, anybody uh, that um, you know met Scott Hall I, you know I, I, I've heard so many people say you know what a what a great person he was I never got a chance to meet Scott Hall I wish I had um, but several of my friends did and they and they they said he was just such a stand-up guy um, so uh, um, you know, very saddened to hear uh, of his passing today.
0: Yeah, it, it's been a, it's not been the best of days for professional wrestling, Day, Tony. But listen, Scott Hall. I mean, he was in some of the biggest moments of professional wrestling history and the history of pro wrestling. Um, whether it been his Gimmicks that he did, his changes. Like I said, I, I talked to you about his turn to Razor Ramon in the WWF. And then, I mean, when the NWO invaded WCW, that was huge. And all I can remember is, you know, Hogan in the ring talking about the NWO, and people are throwing stuff at the ring, and there's Holland Nash right next to him. And I don't know if you'll ever see that again. You may never see that again in professional wrestling. I mean, and he was a part of that and you know, he had a pulse on wrestling and he had some good friends around him, but he made his way through the ranks through various organizations, independent, national, however you want to look at it. And he came into professional wrestling at the right time and changed his gimmick accordingly because really probably Vince McMahon was rolling the dice on the razor Ramon angle. The thing's either going to fly or flop. Right. Yeah. Because you're going post Scarface post Miami vice. And guess what? It worked. Right. The fans jumped on it and they took it and it worked. And then he really perpetuated himself from there into WCW and then the rest is really history. So good time for him from a timing standpoint, just what was going on in the real world is a bigger picture. And I know some of our fans listening, we're going back 30 years ago. Right. I mean, that's a 30, 32 years ago. I mean, that's, and that's a big stretch. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you another thing
1: that a lot of, a lot of people probably don't realize or know, but, uh, you know, during his tenure as uh Razor Ramon in the nineties, uh, man, he was he was he was really over there. Um yeah. he 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 even made a few appearances on the uh live with Regis and Regis and Kathy Lee show. Uh he was on there. Um he even uh, made a cameo appearance on the Jerry Springer show. I mean, he was he was mainstream. I mean Scott Hall, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but man, he was mainstream uh, he, you know, he was out there. Uh, people knew who he was, and uh, and today on um, on March the fourteenth, uh, two thousand twenty-two, um, we're all you know at a loss for words, and uh, the wrestling community uh, of of hearing the passing of Scott Hall, and uh, and you know, definitely he he left wrestling better than he
0: found it. That's for sure. Absolutely, and you know what? Listen, and there's probably no one and more heartbroken today than probably Kevin Nash. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, I, Tony, between you and I, I, I I respect Kevin Nash. He's been a great talent in the ring. He's been very vocal over the years on just wrestling in general. And I'm not gonna say I'm the biggest Kevin Nash fan ever out there, but with that said he's probably the most heartbroken today as well. So I kind of feel for him and just the wrestling community in general. I mean, Scott Hall died at a young age. I mean, we see this all the time in wrestling and, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, and I know the fans listening, you better go out to the local shows and to these other shows coming to town because Tony, at the end of the day, you just don't know.
1: Yeah. You, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, uh, Scott Hall was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he was 63 years old. And that's uh, not really so, old. To me, no, that's that's young. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely his um, his passing came from complications from hip surgery. I uh, yep. under- understand he had a blood clot and had a few heart attacks. And that's kind of what put him, um, you know, in the um, ICU uh, and on life support uh, the last couple of days. So, uh but yeah uh getting back to Kevin Nash uh earlier today Kevin Nash had went on his um Instagram and um had had put out a a real heartfelt message uh kind of letting everybody know what you know what definitely what 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 was around the corner um so uh we were all kind of hoping for the best but uh sometimes uh the man upstairs has has better um you know better plans he, he you know he, he's, he's he's booking a show up there and uh, i'm sure Scott Hall is main eventing it right now and uh, um and, yeah. and 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 definitely we're all <clears throat> we're all going to miss uh Scott Hall but before we leave the air tonight uh you know Scott Hall had a couple catchphrases that was really popular uh so right now i want to play those for for our listeners at home hey yo
0: Survey says, one more for the good guys.
1: <laughs> Man, Chris, I tell you, uh-huh. I, I, I love that. Um, you know, every time I would I would go to a WCW Nitro, and he'd come out there, and <laughs> mm-hmm. survey says, you know. And, yeah. and of course, uh, in the 90s, I was such a big Scott Hallmark, I would come out there, and I would do promos, and I'd say, I'd say hey yo, but I wouldn't say it like him, so it didn't look like it. Where it didn't sound like I was ripping him off, but I, anybody that, was, that watched Nitro knew I was. But uh, but man, Scott Hall was just—I mean, I loved his character. I loved uh, his yep. work in the ring. He was—he uh, was—he—he he, he was definitely um, definitely one of the good ones, man.
0: Man, Tony, he definitely was. And listen, I want to thank you so much for firing me up a little more than an hour ago hour and a half ago and recording this podcast. We're doing this semi on the, on the fly here. I'm going to be just straight up with the fans listening, but thank you so much. Hey, Scott Hall did so much for the wrestling business. It's much, much bigger than you and I, I'm going to leave it at that. And he did great things, but he rest in peace. And, uh, there's a lot of fans thinking about him tonight. His family, my condolences, to family and friends, everything else. It's, it's, um, a sad day but it's also that in reality that these guys are getting older too, that we look up to. And, and it's something we got to really recognize because they're getting up there in age and things happen. And it's, sometimes it's more sudden than others. But uh, yeah, this was real quick compared to what Kevin Nash put out earlier today, that this was more grave than what it really was. And um, we got to be cognizant of that because these guys aren't going to live forever. and but I keep them in our hearts and think about all the good memories and all the great times that they showed us in and out of the ring. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, fans,
1: uh, as we go off the air today, uh, we're not going to be playing our normal um, our normal outro music. You know, thanking everybody for listening to the show. Uh, what I thought would be uh, fitting would be a 10 bell salute, and as we go off the air, we all take that moment, uh, those 10 seconds to uh, – Think about the life and the legacy of Scahall.